Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2017. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Wichita City Manager Robert Layton. Welcome to Issues 2017. Thank you, Steve. It's been uh, several months since Ron Blackwell retired as Wichita Fire Chief. Do we have a permanent replacement now? Uh, Not yet. Uh, We're in uh, national search. Uh, Tammy Snow is our interim chief and is doing a wonderful job in that capacity. Um, I'll be uh, learning more about uh, some of the uh, finalists for the position uh, later this week. Does it always take this long? I mean, uh, it, it, it can, yes. Especially I when can't you remember how when, when, we, when we had the police chief search. That went for a while. That went for a long time yeah. because, if you remember, we did an assessment of the department That's right. uh, and asked for community feedback before we went uh, into that selection process. Money from the sale of the downtown Hyatt Hotel has been allocated for projects in the city council districts and for street repair. Give us an update on how street repair is going. Uh, we, uh, went, we're just finishing up our first season. There'll be two or three years uh, in order for us to be able to accomplish all the work. If you remember, it's a $10 million project. Uh, we're uh, primarily or almost exclusively in the residential areas. That's where we've heard from our residents the most in terms of the need. And we really wanted to move the needle in that regard. We're getting some positive feedback from the neighbors uh, that have been affected uh, where we have made repairs. Uh, We're doing more than just filling uh, potholes, but we're actually um, improving the surface as well. So we're taking care of all of the surface, initial surface problems, and then we're resurfacing the streets. You know, you look at something like that, and you've got literally thousands of miles of residential streets, right? We do. And it's just a phenomenal job to keep on top of that. Right. And and on top of it... um, We've gone through some difficult financial times over the last 20, 25 years, and as a result of that, probably not invested or reinvested in our street system the way we needed to. And so we're playing catch-up, and uh, our residents uh, remind me of that every time I'm out talking to neighborhood associations. Yeah, I saw in our Riverside area the other day, out on Bidding Street, there was a water main break, and that really fouled things up for several days. In fact, I don't think it's got got open yet. They had to rebuild a curb and a street and everything else. Right. Uh, People forget we have old infrastructure. Uh, In some places in the city, we have infrastructure that's over 100 years old, and uh, we're replacing water mains now um, that are about that age. Yeah. Well, it's been reported that the city is very close to getting minor league baseball franchise located in Wichita. Can you update us on that? Well, I don't really have a lot to report in that regard. Um, uh, We have a consultant that we've been uh, working with, and that's how you have to do it. Uh, We're not allowed to have any direct contact with any team until they've uh, declared uh, an official interest in the city. And uh, so right now, uh, our consultant is working with um, multiple interested parties, and at some point... um, uh, we're hoping that they'll come forward with uh, a, a formal request uh, to uh, negotiate with the city. And, you know, the thing is, uh, the, the Wingnuts have just done a phenomenal job of, of what they have to work with and what they are. But uh, isn't it, do you perceive that, as I, I'll just share with you, I perceive that a, an affiliation with a major league team is, is much better. It, it should be a lot better. 
You know, I don't really feel qualified to weigh in on that. um, (laughs) The uh, Wingnuts have done a phenomenal job as an independent team. And I have a great uh, amount of respect and I think a good relationship with the ownership. Um, They are fighting uh, a tough battle, right? Um, when you don't have an affiliation, it's, I think, uh, a little harder for people to be excited about a team because they don't watch people move up and down into the majors, and, and uh, that does seem to have some excitement for fans. Uh, they're also playing in an old stadium, and we know we have to do something uh, with that uh, facility. Uh, if we are successful in getting an affiliated team, we'll uh, uh, raise this, the, the stadium and build new. If not, and the Wingnuts uh, stay uh, here, then uh, we'll be doing something to improve the facility. Okay, so that's where you are then. If we get the affiliation or uh, another team coming in, then we tear down and start over again. Right, and the reason we can do that is we have state uh, assistance that is tied to uh, an affiliated baseball team. And so if we're not successful in getting an affiliated team, then that state money uh, disappears. And uh, as a result of that, uh, our resources will be limited, and we'll have to make the best of what we've got. Is there any thought of moving the stadium to a different place? Uh, again, my opinion, that's a perfect place for the stadium. But is there any thought about doing that? No. Um, no. There was some discussion when they were doing some initial planning this year for improvements in Delano. And they did look at some concepts of moving it. But I think you're right. It's a perfect location, and it helps energize the river. Uh, and that's what's so important. And basically, it's pretty good parking, too, really. It, mean, it does have good parking. Um, it's It'll be an interesting uh, challenge to do the planning because if you do it right, you can spur a, uh, additional commercial development around um, the facility. And as a result of that, maybe you'd even go to some structured parking so that you pick up some additional space for that development. Upgrading downtown convention and performing arts, what to do with Century 2. Uh, it's, this is a kind, of a, kind of a hot one. What, where are we on that one there? Uh, I don't know, Steve. What do you want to do with it? Um, uh, I, I know what my wife wants. Okay, I, that's all I know. Yeah, I, my I, wife wants to keep it. Yeah. Well, I, and I've in heard some, from a lot of people. Way, you right? know. And I've heard from a lot of people. Um, I, uh, as you know, I made a recommendation to the city council a little less than a month ago about how to move forward, and and we've been paralyzed by this decision partly because of uh, the large scale and scope of uh, of the project. And what I've uh, asked the council to consider is splitting it off to two decisions. One, what do we do with our convention center and and our needs for convention uh, space? And what do we do for the cultural arts piece of it, the performing arts piece? And I've made a recommendation that we take the existing Bob Brown Convention Center space and modernize it and expand it and get to a point where we have 150,000 square feet of modern open space. And I think that will allow us to be competitive again in the convention industry. And that's really important because that drives uh, our economy. There, uh, We know that uh, at the low end, that for every dollar we spend in the, on a convention facility, we ge- can generate at least $2 into our economy. And on the high end, probably getting closer to $4. So that, that's important in terms of economic development. Um, on the performing arts side, I have made a recommendation that we keep the existing building and that we then modernize it. And I used uh, an, as uh, kind of my model the Palace for of Fine Arts or for Fine Arts in um, San Francisco. But another good example uh, is if you look uh, worldwide, uh, the Opera House in Vienna. Old building, obviously, right? Um, if you see it, the building is okay. It's historic. 
But you go inside and it's grand and they have uh, modernized it and kept it uh, or relevant uh, and current. And that's another great example. If we preserve and, and celebrate what we have as the architectural feature downtown, which uh, I do think is iconic. I'm not sure you can see a picture of downtown that doesn't have C2 in, either in the foreground or the background. But then let's make it relevant. Let's put in the right performing arts uh, facilities that we need and do it in a way that we can really be proud and it will generate uh, performing arts for the next 30 years. Are we getting, are you asking for yet more public input on this? Uh, Yes, yes. I'm glad you asked that, Steve. (coughs) Excuse me. My recommendations were only a starting point. Uh, The council has said that they now want to go out and get uh, input from the community. And we're in the process of trying to design that. I am going to ask uh, a group, either local or some from another part of the state, we're soliciting proposals right now, to lead that so it doesn't look like the city is trying to to come in with any kind of a biased approach. And we want to get uh, a neutral party to ask the question in the community, what, you know, what do you want to do? Do you think it would be kind of difficult to – people have a hard time. I'm having a hard time imagining – Century two with improvements on the exterior. The, will we have to see some sort of offering or rendering or something that uh, we can what, look at? One of the things we're thinking about is having uh, charrettes as part of this uh, input process. And that is where somebody says, I love C2, but I think if you were to do XYZ to it, it would be even more interesting. And then someone can sketch that up. People then can respond in the meeting uh, to that, uh, that okay. those kind of suggestions. All right. Uh, we can see construction activity on the west bank of the Arkansas River, anchored obviously by that new library. Uh, when is that project to be completed? Well, um, we've got a great contractor, Donlinger, who's doing that project, and they are ahead of schedule. We originally were planning to open in um, spring, uh, around March or April. Uh, they believe that they'll be completed with the building by the end of the year. Um, there are a few pieces of it that um, we still need to make sure are um, uh, operational, the, especially the uh, technology inside the building. So it may be um, early 2018 when we're ready to open that. You know, any development, any construction project by local government has an economic impact. Uh, you right. put people to work. Right. Talk about that for just a little bit. Well, you know, that's. I'm glad you brought that up because that's not something that we spend a lot of time talking about. And some people say, I don't, I'm, I'm not real appreciative of you spending my tax dollars uh, in terms of some of the ways that you do. But on the capital side, um, we are helping our economy because we are uh, trying to keep our contractors um, uh, at uh, full employment, if at all possible. Then that's not the purpose of our projects. It's to improve our infrastructure. But it does allow for our uh, local contractors to have predictable business. We do 10-year planning for our capital projects. And, and so anyone who's following that in the constru- construction industry knows that um, if they make the right investment, that they've got some work that's coming from us. Um, there's another piece of that that's really kind of exciting for me is that we're uh, receiving money from HUD uh, in order to upgrade all of our public housing. And that's going to be a shot in the arm of $60 million into our local economy for all that remodeling work. And now, so we're working with the Wichita area builders about how do they gear up their staffs to be able to do that work as much as possible with uh, local um, uh, contractors. Is that something I'd qualify for? To have uh, them come you to probably my home would and... qualify more for the elderly housing. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, is that really, is that for low-income people then? It is for low- yeah, and moderate-income. Yeah. Uh, because, you folks. know, we've got... Uh, 
you, you know, we've got a lot of houses around the city that are in pretty sad shape. Right, right. And and some of those are owned by the city, um, our, our housing authority. Really? And okay. it will be in uh, great condition. Many of those ca- uh, houses will take down to the studs and then completely rebuild uh, the interior. Well, and you were, we were talking about the uh, construction and projects and whatnot, but uh, if I've, I've heard from people who are involved with the USD 259. I'm, past superintendent said, you know, that bond issue, overhauling all those schools, basically kept us kept some of the construction people in business for a few years. Well, because they did do their work in, during the recession. Yeah. Uh, and, but that wasn't by design, right? That just right. Had, was happenstance. Yeah. They, that was approved, I think, in 2008, if right. I remember, right. right, just as the recession and then, came boom, up. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Pretty good timing. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tyson Foods looking to place a chicken processing plant somewhere after folks in, uh, in Leavenworth County said no. Uh, is Wichita involved in any attempt to get Tyson's Foods to come here? I mean, you've got some you've got some space up there at Twenty First Street. I know that. <laughs> well, the county's I, the county's taking the lead on this county, project. Yeah, it's yep. a county deal, isn't right? It? And okay. we've said we'll be supportive in any way that they need us to be, and um, that's in an early phase. So you're probably offering an oh, old what. Two three hundred million dollar tax break to him, right? I don't think you'll see a package <laughs> I don't think like that. that. Would fly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I know you talk to the mayor a lot, um, and you know that uh, the mayor and council have kind of changed our approach to economic development. So yeah. we don't write big checks. Okay. You're listening to Issues 2017 on the Intercom Radio Stations. Our guest is Wichita City Manager Robert Layton. Uh, economic development, a big part of our, any community's survival and growth. Uh, how does the city of Wichita participate in that effort? We do it in a partnership way, and, and I think the first thing you have to recognize is that cities don't create jobs, right? Government doesn't create jobs. The private sector does. So, <laughs> excuse me, there are certain things you can do to make the business environment better, and um, that's our number one issue, and that is that if uh, you have a project that's on the drawing board, we need to try to get you through our process quickly. We need to be business-friendly in that regard, and um, we are doing that in partnership with the county. As you know, we have a building department that is a city-county operation. Then when it comes to projects like Cargill, it's a matter of sitting down and asking the company, what do they need to be successful in Wichita? And what we're finding is it is not that they need us to write a check for a million dollars. Normally, it's uh, infrastructure help. And so we've been helping with parking garages that will not only benefit a business, but will also benefit the public. For, for instance, the Cargill uh, parking garage that we, um, are, we've bought uh, uh, easement rights, so to speak, so that the public can use that for interest uh, arena events and also for, for evenings in Old Town. And uh, that way the public is served by that infrastructure investment and it helps the business. So we, we look for those partnership opportunities. I think Cargill's a great example of somebody staying down there in the central part of the city and making use of space that's already there. And you, you think that could become a trend, maybe? Well, we hope so. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we then see someone backfill into their building uh, by their old building. And um, so we're definitely gaining in that regard. You, looked, you took over as city manager in 2009, right after the Great Recession hit. Uh, you think Wichita has fully recovered from the recession nine years later? Wow, that's a, a really good question, Steve. I would tell you that we have not fully recovered. We're not back to the levels that we were in maybe 2007. So if you use that as your standard in the growth period that preceded the recession, we're not there yet. Uh, but we're doing some great things. And... Um, if you remember, our you know our growth was so reliant on aviation. Oh yeah. And now with the 
regional effort to diversify our economy, the, the work we're doing on new clusters and, and taking some of the expertise that exists here and taking it beyond aviation, doing that through what we call the blueprint for regional economic growth. Um, uh, that's, you know, that's one approach. Um, and uh, we're starting to see a lot more work done with entrepreneurs. And I think that's really exciting how we're generating and helping those new businesses uh, uh, grow. And so I think it's, a, it's an organic process and one that's going to make us much healthier and less um, make us less uh, or more resistant to changes in the economy in the future. You know, one of the things that's, that's cropping up in, in many areas, and I, I don't know how to city government, I don't know what the impact is, but there are people who are baby boomers who are staying on the job longer, uh, a lot of us, but one of these days soon, those folks, we're going to start retiring, and probably in bunches. Right. And where are we going to get the workers from? That's the question. Are you? Is that anything you're involved in at City Hall, or is that just an economic problem? Steve, I think workforce development is our number one economic development issue in this region. How do we attract people for that very reason, to come in for existing jobs but also prepare us for the future? We know we're going to lose a number of workers um, through retirement. The partnership, the Greater Wichita Partnership, has actually uh, created a position whose whole mission is to help attract, uh, work with local companies to attract talent into the area. And um, we also have the Workforce Alliance that is spending a lot of time and attention on this issue. And I think you're going to see more and more um, from us in a support role uh, with those agencies to make sure that we're, we're addressing this issue. Uh, my, my feeling is you take all the other issues we talk about, streets, taxes, uh, state government, and this still, to me, is a central issue right. that's and I, facing our culture right And it now. goes further than what you talked about. Yes, we have a, a lot of folks who will be leaving the workforce. But we have people that left this community when we went into the downturn and the aviation jobs disappeared. Well, they had to do something, and so many of them moved out of our area. Um, our unemployment rate is fairly low, but our our total employment base has dropped, and so it's a low number of a smaller. Uh, there are group. fewer people unemployed, but there are fewer people employed in the, in the workforce. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and that's that's our dilemma. Talk about the importance of Old Town and Delano and attracting visitors and boosting the local economy. Well, I think it's all part of that energy that we're feeling right now, right? I mean, Old Town has done well. Uh, even during the recession, it did well. But um, quality of life is so important. Um, and we're seeing more and more uh, attention paid to that by um, not just uh, those of us in city hall or in city government, but more importantly, by our residents. And our businesses are saying we have to do things um, in order to be able to attract 20 and 30-somethings. And they, they want a lot of amenities. They want what Old Town, Delano, and other parts of the town offer. Let's talk about the police for just a minute. Uh, body, do we have body cams for every officer now? We do. That's been quite a challenge. <laughs> all, yep. all paid for and everything? Well, they're all paid for. The yeah. bigger challenge will be how do we continue to support those and how do we then plan for their replacement um, as we go forward. Uh, but it's been a great tool. It's, been a, it's a great benefit to our residents as well as to our officers. Yeah, the, the, the problem is that, that I understand is that you generate a lot of video and somebody has to keep track of it, and and you know there's evidence evidence in there and all kinds of things. That's true. There and, are other and, layers to this, right? And we're learning um, how to better manage that data. Um, you don't have to look at everything every minute of video. It's just a matter of when you're making cases. Yeah, our police have worked hard on community involvement. Is it working? 
Uh, I think so. I think or can you measure it? I'm not sure you I, can. Well, I, I think we'll find out when we do our next citizen survey. Um, we'll be able to, to judge how we've done in the past versus how our residents are perceiving the police department now. But I think um, we've always had great people on the street. We have a more focused effort on community policing. Um, in talking to the chief, you know that he his emphasis is that every police officer is a community uh, police officer that uh, they understand the importance of community policing and uh, relationships with people in our re- our residents and our businesses. And uh, I, I think there's a real positive feeling in the community about what our police department is doing. City Council passed another budget a few months ago without a property tax increase. How are you maintaining city services without increasing taxes year over year? Yeah, that's a great question, Steve, because um, even though our economy is better than it was in 2009, uh, this way maybe is one of the most difficult budgets I've had to prepare because what we're seeing is a change in uh, our revenue sources. We have um, what I've said is we have a 21st century budget on a 20th century revenue um, base. Uh, property tax is taking a, a, a more of the burden. Uh, we had fees that had come to us. Uh, well, first of all, sales tax. We know what's happening with sales tax. More and more people are buying uh, on the internet and not from local um, businesses. And when that happens, uh, the city's sales tax is not collected by the Internet provider. And so we're seeing a a difficulty in our sales tax receipts. Hmm, Um, We have received money continuously in the past from um, telephone franchise fees, from cable uh, franchise fees. Well, we know with the changes in technology, very few – I mean, people are dropping their hard lines and uh, fewer and fewer people are using cable and uh, they're getting their entertainment in a different way. And so we're being challenged uh, on the revenue side. Uh, the council has continued to say that uh, property tax increases are the last resort. Um, we are going into, we, we did two things in this budget that I think are really important for our residents. One, we did what we called a zero-based review. And I think you and I talked about that the last time I was on the show, so I won't spend a lot of time on it other than to say, we took the organization down to its base level and tried to identify what are the core services our residents expect us to deliver and let's shed the other services that are detracting us. And then the other thing is we're looking at our a policy regarding um, the fees that we charge for special services. And we recognize that the average taxpayer was being asked to subsidize a number of services that were being um, uh, uh, enjoyed by a limited number of our res- residents and businesses, and so we're trying to get more of that financial burden put on the place of, uh, on the in the laps of those who are benefiting from the service. What's the toughest part of your job, besides talking to you? Now, I know um, it's a challenge. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> I, I, actually, um, I don't know. I, I I enjoy my job so much. I don't know that there's any one aspect of it that I would say is a challenge, other than. Um, to make sure that I continue to work with our staff on uh, creating a vision for where we're headed and uh, that we are always in tune with what our residents want. You, you know, do you, do you have people around you? Do you ever just have it say, let's bring in some lunch and just noodle and, and brainstorm? Do you ever do that at, in city government? Yeah, it, we in a little different way, yes. But I we've just come out of an effort where um, over a, a two-year period, I met with all of our employee groups. Uh, all, so I hopefully touch most of our employees. And in doing so, we identified what we believe is our core mission and vision and then also the values. What does it mean to work for the city of Wichita? Who is it that we serve and what do they expect from us? And I think you'll see uh, even more focus on customer orientation, uh, the customer's desires. Um, we're a service industry, and people forget that. They always consider government to be something different, but I'm no different than a retailer or a private business. Um, I, I, have to, I serve uh, uh, 
you know, over a half million people and businesses in this city, and I can't forget what it is they want us to do with their dollars. And uh, so that's what we've been spending a lot of time talking you about. You always come to say to people, come to Wichita, because when you're running in October in this town, it's about as good as it gets. It, it, it is. You know, we can run almost outdoors almost every day of the year if you bundle up, right? The last couple of years especially, it, we've been fortunate, yes. All right, so you're getting out, you're taking care of your health. Not that I'm terribly worried about it, but are you? <laughs> I know I know you're not worried at all, but I am. And uh, yes, as I get older, I, I'm even more concerned about that. But yes, I'm. You going to stay a while with us? A couple of years more, maybe. I love this city. I um, I'm not interested in leaving, and hopefully my bosses aren't le- interested in me leaving. So and we'll have we'll have a talk yeah. with them if they do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, thanks that. as always for spending some time with us. We always learn something and have a good session whenever you come in for the issue show. Thank you again, sir. Steve, thank you so much. Our guest is Wichita City Manager Robert Layton, and that's all for this edition of Issues 2017. We'll, we'll of course be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. Due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com.